This is Podco Media Networks. Hi there, Global Citizens. It's Florence Adu again, your host for the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world. We are here in Accra again. We're at a lovely place called Cocoon, which is in Osu, which is a workspace slash creative space slash cafe. And it's our sometimes office for our guest here, who is Morris Sinclair. Morris is a dynamic diasporan and a newly granted Ghanaian citizen. Right. Well, thank you. (laughs) So, Morris, why don't you take it away and tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Okay, well... First of all, I'm Jamaican and now Jamaican and Ghanaian. I just received my Ghanaian citizenship because I consider myself a global citizen. And I came here from Jamaica probably eight or nine years ago now. And I decided to settle in Ghana because it's very similar. I primarily work on tourism and travel management in that space, specifically with diaspora affairs and people who want to come to Africa and using Ghana as a gateway and coupling that with Caribbean as a gateway to the Caribbean, I can also bring Africans to the Caribbean through Ghana. Wonderful. So, Morris, how long have you been coming to Accra, living in Accra, making this your local? Well, I officially started living here in 2015. And then I came here first in 2011. And that's when I really fell in love with the place. I really saw the opportunities. I really began to get a feel for why I needed to be here. So what exactly inspired you to first come to Ghana? You know, quite frankly, I've always wanted to come to Ghana ever since I was a kid, after doing a display many, many years ago when I was a kid. And I could find all the countries that were represented in Jamaica, except one, which was Ghana, and I couldn't... Really? At that point, yes. I was doing a display on children uh-huh. across the world, and Ghana did not have an embassy in Jamaica at the time. Uh-huh. And they still don't have an embassy in right, Jamaica. Right. You know, I think there was South Africa at okay. the time. Anyhow, a friend of mine lives here. She is married, Jamaican, married to a Ghanaian, and she came here probably about 20, 25 years ago. So I really came to visit her. Then I saw the opportunities. I saw the similarities to the culture, the art, and the people in Jamaica. And I really began to make that connection. And it just became stronger and stronger that I needed to live here, move here, work here, and just be here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I took my first trip to Jamaica last year. I was there for about almost a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. which was a lovely experience. I love Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of see what you're saying okay. about how it touched you because I felt very similar about Jamaica. I was like, wow, I feel like home here. Yeah. I just felt like, and when you say you didn't really see Ghana, in Jamaica I'm like but I saw it every day you know like the representation but because I'm a Ghanaian Mm -hmm. I guess that's how I was able to make those connections well yeah I I, I mean I see Ghana in Jamaica when I say I didn't see Ghana in Jamaica every day meaning I didn't see a representation of Ghana in terms of an embassy okay no I saw Ghana in the culture and the people okay I just didn't see that there was a physical mission there okay for representation of Ghana like an embassy sure which is makes sense because that's what you then became is this kind of cultural ambassador. So the idea of an embassy really was very current in your mind then yeah. as it is now. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So my next question is our global speak question. Okay. So you spent time here 
and I like to know what you hear. So I ask my guests to share a word, phrase, or saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and why or how you came to value it as global speak. You know what? I think that the word Sankofa, Sankofa. which is one of the Adinkra symbols, which also means go back and get it, or basically in more modern speak, if you don't know where you're coming from, you can't get where you're going. So I feel that that is really the word that I can relate to. I've always heard that expression in different forms in different parts of the world I've traveled to. And I think it really began to resonate here, or pardon the pun, but it hit home (laughs) right here. So that's really what resonates well with me. And I feel that everybody who is of African descent, and as the president quoted Peter Tosh saying, as long as you're a black man, you're an African, I think everybody should make a journey to come to Africa. Yes, indeed. Indeed, that is truth. I like that. Okay, so you told us a little bit what how you came to be, but tell us more about exactly what you do here. Because you're doing something that's hmm. amazing in my mind. It just really kind of puts it all together with the journey. We're now in this year of return that's coming to an end, but hopefully it's only the beginning of something that really is a dynamic gateway for, as you say, all black people, all that are African to be and be part of. Yeah, well, well, the first thing is that Jamaica is a household name in tourism anywhere you go in the world and me being here people love Jamaica because of the music because of the culture because of everything the sports the athletics and they have Jamaican flags all over and all the public transportation many of them have the Jamaican flag on the back of their uh, trotros and minibuses and I just felt Jamaica everywhere and I feel that what I do here now, I really connect that. The first thing that I did was at Cape Coast Castle, I was part of a huge project installing 1,300 sculptures by sculptor Kwame Katabamfo inside the dungeons in the castle. The sculptures were of Akan heads, which were symbolic of memorial symbols for the ancestors from way back in the day. That was curated by a Fulbright scholar, Danny Dunson, and I put on the event and the entertainment part of it. And that really began to be a major tipping point for cementing my reason to be here. Over 400 people came to that exhibition opening. I was sad I missed it. I yeah. was in the U.S. at the time. Okay. Yeah, it was... And then after we pulled off that, first of all, people really don't leave Accra to go to Cape Coast for an event. And we suddenly had all these people getting on buses and driving to Cape Coast from Accra, from all of the, I would say, more upscale neighborhoods. They left their homes and they came up to Cape Coast. And, you know, people from all walks of life came and it was really great to see everybody together. And then people began to feel, and I also began to feel that My calling was to bring people together. So I started doing that. So what I really do now is I often bring people together at parties, events, and I began to turn that into a business. So now I am an event planner. I put together corporate art, social, and entertainment events that are relating to bringing people together from the diaspora for different reasons. Networking, business, purchasing, selling art, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. But tell us more about the Jamaica Ghana Initiative. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I'm looking at the logo and yeah. I love it. <laughs> Two thumbs up. I got it with the Jamaican flag and the Ghanaian flag. I love it. Yes. And tell us more because you've done some things so far. Well, Jamaica Ghana Initiative is something that I put together like a manifesto that came up. It's jagana.com. J-A-G-H-A-N-A.com. Anybody can pull that up and see that manifesto. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So... What that is, is just a sort of 50-year manifesto from 2019 to 2069, just outlining the steps that I see how Jamaica and Ghana can collaborate, can work together, can reconcile the missing part of their togetherness from when Ghanaians were taken across the Atlantic. Many of them ended up in Jamaica. So just for that connection to be made again. Also, we recently were able to get the visa requirement for Jamaicans waived. So now Jamaicans are welcome to come to Ghana with no visa required. Of course, unfortunately, you still need a visa to go through the U.S. or the U.K. or Europe in order to connect to the two countries. So that's one thing that we're also working on, somehow getting direct flights that connect Ghana and Jamaica as both gateways to the Caribbean and Africa, respectively. That way we can not have to depend on going through any of those other countries. We can bring cargo, passengers, all that, open up lines of trade, open up the tourism, avenues of tourism. And this also is a development manifesto as well to create socioeconomic wealth, create socioeconomic growth in both areas through tourism, through many different things, but primarily perhaps emulating some of the things that Jamaica has done successfully in their tourism industry and emulating some things that Ghana has done successfully in their various industries and bringing them together to best practices of both and really creating something. It's going to take 50 or more years because we have to think of those that are not even born yet that would come up into this new way of life of creating socioeconomic growth among people of African descent so that they just take the reins and go, because we're not going to be here forever. You know, I'm now in my 50s and I can't imagine that I'll be here for another 100 years, but I certainly would like to see. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, you never know where medicine is going these days. But you would also want to include all the youth, all of the people that are really going to make a difference in the next 15 to 20 to 50 years. Africa will have the youngest population on the planet by 2030. Yes. So that's a huge deal for this type of thing because that's where people need to lead and take charge. And that's who we need to help and teach what we know and learn what they know. Right. And I just read something yesterday that Africa will also be 40% of the population on the planet in the next 10 years. Yes. So that's quite a powerful number. So we just have to work with it and do the best we can. I mean, you know, bring the center back to where it belonged to. Tell me a little bit more about your professional background, like what you've done that has put you in the place to do what you do now, because Mm -hmm. you're so dynamic, you do so many things. And so what are kind of the steps that you took to to get the professional acumen that puts you in a space to now have this business? You know what? I think for me, it's more natural than professional. Mm -hmm. The professional part of it, I feel, is more just entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. that I learned over the years. My parents were entrepreneurs growing up. They both still live in Jamaica now, so I go to visit them often. As a matter of fact, I'll be going to see them very soon, hopefully before Christmas. And I studied a bit of marketing, and I put a few things together that I learned in school. And I just basically came here and had to 
relearn everything. I mean, studying marketing, studying consumer behavior in different places is all very different here in Africa. It's all very different here in Ghana in particular. There are many different tribes, there are many different socioeconomic groups, there are many different neighborhoods, there are many different languages. So there are so many factors that one has to consider when going into business or going into doing anything here, whether it's helping people, learning from people, business, agriculture, whatever. There's a lot of exchange that needs to happen so that everybody's on the same page. So I can't say that I came here with anything in particular that made me succeed. I think I learned most of it here because you kind of have to pull things together here. The Africa Laboratory. Yeah, along with my natural instinct to bring people together. I think that just came together very well. You know, because quite frankly, it's not easy to just pick up and move exactly. into somewhere like here. Exactly. So how did you land? But well, you said you first came and you visited a friend. Mm-hmm. And then your experience of actually deciding you're moving, finding housing, all those things. How did you initially land? I fortunately had a friend here to visit and I like to travel to places where I know people. Yeah. So it's easier to move around and navigate that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't really like being a tourist. That I just love to travel and visit people who live in certain places. Sure. And it was actually when I was leaving that I discovered some agriculture business, greenhouses. Mm -hmm. My sister is into greenhouse farming and greenhouse hydroponics and aquaponics in Jamaica. Jamaica. So I immediately called her and told her about it. And we decided to come back and take a trip and look at the possibilities of doing that here. So she came, she loved it. She'll be coming again very soon, perhaps, to start working on that. So that was my real initial instinct to say, hmm, I really need to move here and get into that. But then I realized that the entertainment industry is a burgeoning industry. The dance hall culture here, the music culture, the Afrobeats, you know, the high life. And the events, and I saw that there was a lack of something. Yeah. You know, and I thought that maybe there's something that I knew that I could add to that being from Jamaica and having seen all of that happen in Jamaica for the past 30, 40 years. They do that very, very well in Jamaica. Also, I had a very special relationship with our Republic Bar. I was uh, instrumental in helping them create that Coproco drink. Which is so famous, yes. So I did a lot of things like that, you know, where I saw where I could tweak certain things. With Republic, I just brought them a couple of Vitamix blenders. Sure, and there we have it. Magic happened from that point (laughs) on. And I just felt that I just wanted to plug in. And that's really what I started doing immediately. I'm that kind of a person. So I came, saw, left, came back, and plugged in. I didn't know where I was going to stay, really. I didn't have any of that planned. I'm the kind of person that I can hit the ground running. Right. And I'd be like, hey, Florence, how are you? Do you have to have a room I can stay in? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, you know, kind of. And it's a leap of faith, but I also think that things align themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very well. So I see something interesting on the initiative Mm -hmm. that kind of speaks to the idea of growing. Yes. So here you have a point about decriminalization of cannabis. Yes. With the knowledge that in Jamaica, cannabis is legal. Uh-huh. And in many parts of the world, it is legal. It is not legal here in Ghana. Right. But we obviously know that there are wonderful medicinal uses. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity there. So how are you going to approach those conversations? Like, what's your approach for moving in that place? Because there's obviously economic 
empowerment that can come along with that. Yeah. Know, as is criminalized, there are so many women in the Volta region that mm-hmm. this is their livelihood, but right. it's not legal. Right. So how are you looking at how this might play out and how we move to that? Well, I mean, you said it right there already, the economics of it. That's one thing. And I know that here, people are very interested in making a buck or two oh, or yes. making a CD or two, oh, yes. you know. And then that coupled with science and research that has been proven Mm -hmm. that this cannabis plant is very good for the body. Mm -hmm. Our bodies actually have basically, you know, in a nutshell, cannabis receptors in the body that are designed to be coupled with the cannabis in the plant. So that when we receive these things, Mm -hmm. when we eat these things or ingest them somehow, these receptors work directly with those particular cells in the body that they're designed to work with. So... Just from that standpoint alone, which science has proven over and over, getting behind why it is illegal is really what we need to address. Mm -hmm. Why is it actually illegal? And the reasons for that is because of what the propaganda was about the effects of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Without any major real substantiated proof back then. So now that they have the proof that it works as... uh, very beneficial compound for health, for ailments, for well-being, what's the problem? What exactly is the problem? We also have religious pundits. We have religious... Ghana is very entrenched in Christian and, and to some degree Muslim faith, but mostly Christian faith. I personally feel that also has to be addressed because there's a lot of hypocrisy there with that you know we can spend a whole nother podcast series on that alone so I feel that it's just about time like with progress and anything else for those here who are able to make those changes and make those decisions they know they go to other places they have friends and relatives and leaders that they know all over the world who have legalized this so they're afraid to perhaps join, you know, show that they're aligned with it here mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we have to go. And I, I have no problem being an advocate for that at all. Right, 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 right. So basically it's courage. We need a courageous or some kind of courageous conversation and probably a little bit more science. I think here. more so than courage, I think it just takes common sense. <laughs> you know? Oh, but dear Morris, we have so many laughs and common sense here. So, mm-hmm. you're right. I think it's a bit of both, right? So, speaking of common sense, mm-hmm. now I have my mindset hack question. Okay. So, what's your favorite or an innovative mindset hack that you can imagine or one that already exists? Well, first of all, realize that when you have no control over something, you really have no control over something. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you're sitting in traffic. You know there's traffic. Mm-hmm. Don't complain. You can't do anything about it. It doesn't make sense to blow your horn and carry on and get mad if you do this every day. It just raises your stress levels. So I try to keep as stress-free and calm as possible by realizing there are just simply some things that I have zero control over. And I manage the things that I can control, which is my stress, which is my anger, which is my frustration. And I think that makes life much easier. So that's a mindset hack that I... I call that it is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) I mean, you know, there are certain things that we can change and work towards changing. Yeah. And it's not going to happen today. Exactly. And that's what we have to realize. Right, exactly. Yeah. 
ways to keep the stress to a minimum. Yes. And maybe um, cannabis legalization could help that somehow. Maybe it could. could. Yeah. That, well, so that's another mindset hack. Let's figure that one out too. Yes. Yeah, it could. So this is a question I haven't asked any of my guests so far. What would you say that your value proposition is? My value proposition, my unique selling proposition. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say that I'm very resourceful. Okay. Multifaceted and resourceful. Okay. That's very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> so, Morris, we are at the end of our conversation today. Wow. Yeah, yes. Quick one. Fortunately, we do talk all the time. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Just that the viewers don't hear us. Right, exactly. Well, you can update them. I can, yes. and I will. I will. <laughs> so before we go, is there anything that you want to say or share with our listeners in this global, global world? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm open to conversation. I'm open to ideas, and I'm open to learning. So certainly any of your viewers or listeners, rather, can contact you if they need to reach me. Okay. We'll actually put your contact information in the show notes. Sure. And that way, I'm always ready to work with people relating to diaspora affairs. But keep in mind that whatever we are all doing, we're not doing this for free. So, we have to monetize what we do. And in that sense, and anybody that I can help, certainly, I'd like to help them. But, you know, they also have to ensure that everyone involved is compensated for their time. Whether it's me or someone I refer them to, that's also very important. I really appreciate you saying that because I feel like in this part of the world, in many parts of the world, that people don't recognize that time has a value. Mm -hmm. In some regards, there's the giving sense that is there, but there's a value to the effort and the mind mass that is what you have. Absolutely. So last question. Want to get a little bit into more of what gets in your head. Mm -hmm. So, Morris, what are you watching these days? What am I watching? Mm -hmm. In terms of... Whether it's film, social media, TV, what are you watching? You know what? I think I'm watching the environment around me more than anything else and I think I'm trying to make sure that it's safe Mm. it's protected Mm -hmm. I really want that to happen I'm watching what people are doing Mm -hmm. you know what I mean that comes in all different forms whether it's on social media or whatever but I don't watch a lot of social media I glance at it I mean my social media following is not that huge I mean it probably could be more however I'm going to be working on more events that are going to put me more in the spotlight. So, yeah, I'm watching what people are doing and I'll be watching a lot more social media and I certainly be listening to this podcast. Perfect, perfect. And you also have a podcast. Yeah, I'm also part of Global Brothers podcast and there's also Chally Talks along with Terry Yapong. Okay, wonderful. Okay, Morris. Thank you again Thank you. for spending some time with us. Dear listeners, we're in a wonderful Accra neighborhood, so please pardon the noise today. Yes. But we've had a lovely time sitting at Cocoon, and we will see you next time on Global Citizens. Thank you so much, Lawrence. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you, too. All right. Until soon. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on Global Citizens. You can find us anytime at globalcitizenspod.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Bye for now.